Hello. 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 How you doing? Good. Hello. 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 Hi. 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 When you were in the shower, babes, uh-huh. I was basically watching YouTube videos, which I know, not a big shock. That's okay. I do that too. <laughs> and there's this guy named Adam Rodriguez who does a lot of cooking videos. Uh -huh. But sometimes he'll say, well, is this thing really worth it or not? Yeah. I think this maybe came out like a year ago, but of course mm -hmm. I just saw it today. Mm -hmm. It was his breakdown of cast iron. Oh, wow. Versus stainless steel. And yeah. mainly the question was, is cast iron worth it? Or yeah. is it overrated? Because there's a lot of specialty things you have to do with it. Oh, okay. You don't own cast iron, so you don't know this? Yeah. I've used a cast iron skillet before. Okay. But have you ever cleaned one? Um... I think I did once, because, but but I didn't, um, this was a cast iron skillet, of course, that was a part of the home at class I was taking, so I didn't, I didn't, uh, I cleaned, I think I did clean it in the, um, in that area. I never owned one. Sometimes it can be a pain in the ass, because the rumor is you're not supposed to use soap at all. Right. And you can use water, but it has to be... Hot, hot water, water yep. and you have to if something's stuck on the bottom obviously you have to get it off but you can't use something that's too abrasive right well, let me rephrase it mm -hmm. sometimes it's difficult other times it's super easy depending how the meal you came out went yeah. like if you overcooked it or some a lot of stuff got stuck on the bottom yeah how so, do you clean stuff off of the bottom of it? well you have to use something that's a little bit abrasive but not too abrasive so okay. like um I've heard mixed things about this. Yeah. Some people use like the rough end edge of the sponge. To me, that seems like it would be a little bit too much. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. This week I made pizza in the cast iron, uh -huh. which we know because I burnt my fingers. Yeah. But I, a few things got stuck on the bottom. So I yep. poured some hot water in it. Uh-huh. I turned the stove on, put it on there, and then I took my metal spatula. Uh-huh. And there are so many different thoughts about cast iron. I'm sure some people are like, that's what I do. And other people are like, you no, should no. never do that. So you can't use like, um, you can't use like a steel, steel wool. Some people do that, but okay. I don't really have any steel wool right now. Okay. And so I took it and I just sort of like rubbed the inside. I'm demonstrating on your leg uh -huh. where the bits were at. Yes. And being a blind guy, I had uh -huh. to kind of feel, a, <laughs> this is really weird. Yeah. I wait for it to cool down. I look in. I didn't have to do this this time, but there's been times where I had to wait for it to cool down, which you're not supposed to do. Right. And then you feel around in there. But it's not really safe. Uh-huh. I didn't have to do that this time again, but sometimes you do have to do that as a blind yeah. guy. So there's yeah. all these little tricks of the trade uh -huh. about owning cast iron. I, I love it. Yeah. But the cleaning of it is a lot more intense than if you're just cleaning a bowl or a regular pot or pan. right exactly because um all, all you would have to do with the steel pot is if there's stuff stuck to the bottom you can soak it overnight and then you have to re-season the cast iron too occasionally right right um, which is yeah a process i get it yeah so he was saying it's worth it if you know you're going to use it a lot was his conclusion uh-huh and 
He also said that the thing about soap mm-hmm. is a little bit out of context. Really? Because apparently back in the day, they used to use a lot of lye and oh, soap. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. And lye and cast iron do not go together well. That's yeah, a very abrasive soap. Yeah. Right. But in our modern times, we don't use really that much nope. in our regular soap. So he said, you're going to get a hundred different opinions on this, if yeah. not more. Right. And again, I'm paraphrasing what he said. Yeah. But a lot of people think that it's pretty much you're good when you use soap on the, in the cast iron now. Well, it depends on the soap you're using too, because if, for sure you can't use lye soap. But yeah. if you have like a, like a dishwashing soap that's gentle on uh, dishes, like... Uh, I don't know, some people use palm olive. You probably will be okay with it. His claim was that Dawn, for example, yeah. is probably safe to use on the cast iron. Okay. But he said he would like to see some more studies on yeah. it. Yeah. Because they're, they're kind of hard to find. Yeah, yeah. And, and some things you just can't find studies on with yeah. cast iron. And my dish soap doesn't have all the harsh chemicals in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of uh, chemicals are in Dawn. Um, and, and Dawn is really good with getting grease off of plastic, uh, as it said in commercials before okay so it is really good with um cleaning stuff off of it and palm olive is good too but um i like my dish soap because it's gentle and there's no there's no harsh chemicals in it and so you probably could use a soap like that or dawn i guess i guess it's it sounds to me like it's a trial and error thing until you find um what really works for you yeah now there's also (coughs) Excuse me. A lot of advantages to cast iron. Yes. So, for example, if you know what you're doing when you're cleaning it. Yep. You could have a cast iron that's passed down through generations. Like, I think my, I have my cast iron skillet, but I also have a uh, cast iron Dutch oven. Mm -hmm. And when I bought my Dutch oven a couple years ago, the company sent me a thing and it said something like, if you treat this right... This product will last you a hundred years and wow. you're going to have to leave it in your will to family members. Cool. Yeah. That is really cool. And, you know, I gave you a pan when you moved in here. Yes. It was in good shape, but I doubt that pan is going to be used the same way in a hundred years. It'll probably no. be in a landfill or something. Yeah. I might have to throw it out or somebody will have to throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's been working so far. I also really like mm-hmm. Babe's. That you can just move it from the stovetop into the oven. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing too is if you if you're cooking something on the stove, like eggs or whatever it is you cook on the stove, it holds in heat really well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, I don't have a cast iron skillet, but skillets in general hold heat pretty well. So if I'm cooking something in my skillet, and I um. You're not going to worry too much about causing the alarm to go off. I have a friend who keeps telling me to try making potatoes in my Dutch oven. Uh-huh. And I'm going to do that at some point. I've done it with spaghetti. You're going to make a, a baked potatoes in your Dutch oven? Or? I, well, I was thinking just like, um, like just potatoes as like a side. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you should do that. I should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's some people out there who are just shocked that I would make spaghetti in my Dutch oven. Yeah, I think I think if it comes out really good, then why not, you know? It, yeah, it goes really good for sourdough bread. 
it isn't like you're making uh, sourdough bread or spaghetti in your uh, in a dishwasher. Yeah, <laughs> I love using it for sourdough bread. Did I tell Did I tell the story about when I was watching this show about people that are really cheapskates? I don't think you've said it here. Okay, this this really grossed me out. Um, this lady was trying to save her money, and instead of cooking lasagna in um, a regular oven like people do, mm -hmm. <laughs> or a pot or something, she cooked her lasagna in her dishwasher. That's and insane. And, I'm, and then the I think her husband was trying, and he's like, this tastes like dish soap. I'm like, that is disgusting. That is really, gr I mean, that was just as disgusting as the one story I saw when this guy was um, invited this girl over for a date and he works with his tools. So what did he do? Oh, you told me this, he used he, his tools. He used his tools as utensils. And I'm like, that is really cheap and really tacky. And I would not date that guy ever again if I, if I were her. A question I, I have though. Gross. It's gross. Is, is this behavior that these people do in real life or are they so excited by the idea of being on TV that they play it up a little bit? I can't, uh, I can't answer that question because I, I just saw that episode. Like I, I, I saw those two episodes a long, long time ago of the show and I can't even remember what it's called, but sometimes, um, the TLC channel will show like really weird, um, shows like that documentary type shows. And it's very, very weird. Like, um, I understand like when people are saving money, they'll get coupons, they'll get clippings of coupons and then they'll say, oh, I can get this for so many dollars or I can buy two of these and get so many dollars. That makes sense to me. But if you're going to, if you're, gonna, if you're so cheap that you don't want to cook your lasagna in a regular oven, there's something really wrong with that. I have to take umbrage with something you just said. What? Documentary type shows like that. I don't consider reality TV to be in the same well, category. Well, to me, it seemed like it was. As documentaries. Okay, well, yeah, but it's to me when I saw it and I don't, I haven't watched a lot of this show. I don't even remember, remember what it was called. Like I said, it seemed to me like they were talking about them in a documentary type of fashion, but I could be completely wrong about that. And then, of course, there were the shows that seemed like a documentary when they were talking about the gypsy culture, which I don't understand, but that was kind of interesting to me. But When I think of TV documentaries... And this is my own bias, but my mind goes to PBS, BBC, stuff of that nature. No, I get it. I get it. But there are some shows that seem like they're more in a documentary fashion. But again, I could be completely wrong and they could be quote unquote reality stuff. I don't know. Also, I haven't watched it either. Yeah, you haven't watched it. So you don't really have much to say about that. Uh -oh. Bubba. There we go there. Because oh. I'm not a reality TV show fan. Outside of cooking shows, which yeah. I love. I, I'm not I'm not into reality TV show either, really. Mm -hmm. I just well, I just watched a little here and there, but I'm not like watching it for hours and hours. Nice. You do watch it more than I do, but that's okay. Yeah, but more isn't it's not that much really. Uh oh. 
I can't wait until Discovery Plus yeah. merges their app with HBO Max. When is that supposed to happen? They said it's going to take maybe a year or so just uh -huh. because, you know, it's two companies. You got to figure out who to fire from what's app, which app, yeah. and what team runs it better. And that takes some adjustment. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to start doing it slowly. So, like, for example, they might add a few shows from Discovery Plus to HBO Max or vice versa to kind of see how that all flows together mm -hmm. in the next upcoming months. Mm -hmm. But it's, it should take some time next year for it to be fully merged. Because I love HBO Max. Yeah. And Discovery Plus, I love the Food Network and the Cooking Channel. Mm-hmm. You know. Very good. Yes. Very good. Very good there, J-Wolf. Very good there. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, the, that, that dishwasher thing was really gross. I, it just really grossed me out. It's one of the grossest things I ever heard of in my life. Oh, if it, my if it in fact was true... I hope it wasn't true, mm -hmm. but when the, what I heard was it, it sounded really, really gross. So anyway. Tony Robbins yeah. always tells a story that, not always, but back in the day he did, yeah. in his old infomercials from the early 90s, yeah. that kind of freaked me out. Yeah. And it was, it was that when he first moved out on his own, he was living in a small apartment, and he used to wash his dishes in the bathtub. Oh. Yeah. Some people have done that. Okay, so there are times where I have watched hoarding shows. Okay. Okay, not for hours, but, you know, things of that sort. You know, I'd, I would just watch it a little here, a little there. Some people, and I'm not kidding, there are people that have hoarded so much that the only place where they can put stuff, like their dishes, are in the bathtub. And I'm like, that is just That's gross. very gross. It is gross. It is gross. But I did hear that the kitchen sink is a lot dirtier than a toilet. Too. I don't believe that. I've heard that too. I I, I don't believe it major either. Major issues believe. I, I don't believe that either. Now the the kitchen sink does have a lot of germs that no, uh, and so does the bathtub Absolutely. if you don't clean it. But the toilet, I would think, is one of the dirtiest areas. I'll tell you one thing that a friend of mine, an ex friend, tried to say once. Yeah. And it wasn't to me. There was this girl that he was attracted to, and I was hanging out with him one day. Uh -huh. So you know, like the area, like right between your nose and kind of close to where your eye is. Let me, let me. Okay. This area right here. Oh yeah, like where your the oh right here, like right on the side of your nose. Yeah, on the side of your nose. Yes. Yes. Okay. So my friend's mom was a nurse's aide, kind of like my mom was. Yep. But she worked with kids. Yep. And my mom did mostly hospice care. Uh -huh. Anyways, we're hanging out with him and the girl yeah. that he was into at the time. This yeah. is probably 2000. Okay. And he's like, oh, you know, uh, that's the most, that's the filthiest spot on your entire body. In fact, one day I was at the hospital where my mom works and an intern put their hand right there. And the mm -hmm. doctor just started yelling at them in front of everybody. Were your noses? Yeah. I believe he made that up. I don't think that's the, the dirtiest spot in your. No, no, I don't think so. Um, now here's interest. Here's an interesting thing, though. <clears throat> so I, I, I have an idea of where the dirtiest spot on a girl would be, but also, I mean, that's just an idea. I could be completely wrong about it, but it also self cleans. Oh, in your vagina. 
Bubs. What? What do you think I was going to say? That's what I thought you were going to say. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a self-cleaning oven. No, I know where the dirty spot is. It has to be inside your asshole. That's, that's what I was... I, I Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think... Oh, I thought you were saying it was a vagina. Well, I mean, it, it could be, but it... Or one of them, anyway. Um, I don't think it is the absolute dirtiest spot, but I think I think the butt is. Yeah, obviously inside is the most dirty spot, and also the like the little area where your uh, legs fold into your privates. That's gonna yeah. be pretty dirty too. Are Are you talking about where your um where your hips are? Your no, thighs? I guess so. Yeah, where you fold in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, yeah, that's that area's got to be kind of funky as well. <laughs> All that, the the whole entire area itself. Um, but I mean, I mean, I can't believe that the side of the nose is the dirtiest spot. I can't this guy liked spot. to say things to get reactions out of people. And that you, is not the dirtiest spot. And he had a, a blown up sense of his own intelligence. Now, he was really smart. Let me give you another example. Okay. This was the dude who I almost saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers with. Oh, Yeah. Okay, so real quick recap of the story. It's actually around the same time. Uh His mom, because she worked at a children's hospital, got free tickets to, was it Ringling Brothers? It was some circus that was Ringling Brothers. It might have been been either Barnum and Bailey's or um, Ringling Brothers. They they merged. They merged. Did they really? Okay. A long time ago. Okay. But it was some circus, and he's like, hey, do you want to go with us? They're free tickets, blah, blah, blah. Mm Mm-hmm. I go to, and it was actually at uh, Rose Garden. Cool. But I think it was in the theater, if I'm remembering right. Oh, wow. This, this was so long ago. And I run into him, and he says, you're never going to get what, guess what happened. My younger brother got tickets from the local radio station. They were just passing them out uh, to the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who's performing at the Moda Center tonight. But my mom made them give the tickets back. Really? Now, I believe that that's true because his brother was upset after the show. Because oh. we said we would have bought them off of him. Right. Okay. <clears throat> couple years passed by. There's this other girl that he's talking to. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, this happened. And this was all live on the radio. And if you tune into the radio station, you could hear my mom yelling at my younger brother to give the tickets back to the DJ. Really? Yeah. And that's not what happened at all. They were doing a promotion. Uh-huh. They handed his brother the tickets, and then the mom said, "You have to give them back." Wow! But he made it seem like they were on the radio. But he, but she wasn't, uh, she wasn't yelling at him or anything. I don't know if she was yelling at them, but the point was, it wasn't like this was being broadcast live. Oh. Over the radio, it was just somebody from the radio station gave him tickets. Wow. Yeah. So, oh wow. Yeah. That's interesting. So I, I have trouble believing in those things. I, I would have loved to have gone to a circus once. I mean, I I mean I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't really call Cirque du Soleil a circus unless you want to focus solely on acrobatics because because that's what they do. But I would have loved to have gone to an all out circus with um, animals and and tightrope walking and uh, trapeze arts. I think that would be so fun, but I never got to do that. It's okay. I've done it a few times. It's all right. I would love to do that, though. Okay. I think it would be fun to do, but I can, I think the circuses are leaving. At least the Ringling Brothers and, and uh, Barnum and & Bailey left. Yep. A lot of that has to do with animal rights. Mm. This is where we get to a tricky thing. Yeah. Because I eat meat. Mm-hmm. As do I. And 
Also, even when I was a vegetarian for a number of years, I still ate cheese. Yeah. And there are still animal products that I use. Yeah. So I'm always conflicted about how can I be against animal abuse when so much of the stuff I enjoy comes from abusing animals. Yeah, but here's the thing that I think about when I'm eating a burger. I'm not thinking about where the where the meat came from at the time because I'm hungry. But I also think that there are um there are farms that do raise their animals where they can run around and they can eat off of the land because now you've got grass-fed products. But you don't buy from those farms. Uh unfortunately they're way too expensive. Sometimes I I, I think I, I think there were times where I did buy like a grass-fed beef, but they're like ridiculously expensive. But that's my point. So you don't buy from farms that do it ethically. And even beyond that, some of the products you use. So even if you were to quit eating meats, you use things that were probably tested on animals. So how can we be against animal abuse? That's that's a hard thing. I mean, you know, we can go around and around and around in circles as to what free range, what what companies have free range beef and all that, and, and also what it really means because I've heard there are different levels. It's of It's really it's really hard to decipher that because um, I like I like meat because I believe that animals are also um, there for food, not just pets, but for food, and um, if you're if you are able to hunt for your own animal, then that's good too, if you're able to do that. And I know I know a bunch of people that have hunted and they know how to clean their own animal and that's cool. But um yeah, it's 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 tough. It's it's tough. I I really don't know how to answer this. I don't I really don't know how to um uh how to navigate and maneuver through this issue. Now, I'm going to say something that is like super over-the-top controversial. Okay. And I think pretty much most people would push back against me on this one. Yeah. Okay. They So, <laughs> get ready for this view. Oh, my goodness. Because I'm about to say the quiet part out loud. Uh-oh. They always talk about serial killers... And say, well, you know, a good sign to know if, like, uh, somebody's going to grow up to be a serial killer is if they torture animals when they're younger. Yeah. And to me, I I think, I, is it? Because we have adults who torture animals, and that's just Yeah, but then cool. we have to define what torturing is because there are, uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm, where they're talking torturing, like... <clears throat> Like killing small animals, for example, like rabbits or cats, um, domesticated animals, right? Yeah, they're not talking about they're not talking about animals that are usually uh, used for food um, or pets. I'm sorry, not pets, but food. Like, like you're not talking. We're not talking about um, uh, I think I think what they're focusing on is domesticated smaller animals. The question becomes then, I, I'm going to put words in your mouth, but I want you to push back if you think I'm getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. What I gather from what you just said is that some animals are more important than others. 
No, it's not what I'm saying. What are you saying? I'm just saying that when they're talking about torturing animals, and and I could be wrong about this. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I don't think I I don't I don't think that any animal should be tortured. And I'm and when I mean by torture, I mean like, um, like actually going ahead and cutting off their heads, not for not to cook the animal, but to hurt it or um, throwing a dog over an overpass or whatever, like, you know, something like that, you know, because some people do own um, some people do own cows for pets. Right. And I'm not talking about killing an animal for food. I'm talking about killing an animal just to kill it. I hear you. My pushback would be. It's not just that we kill cows or chicken for food, but usually in this country, not all the time, but most of the time, we make sure that they have a horrible existence before they die. Well, why I would I would suggest that maybe you talk to uh, a per, a person who is a farmhand or somebody who has owned a ranch for years and ask them what they actually do because you know, we, we can only speculate what happens in ranches and farms. But there's a reason for that. Well, then why don't you ask somebody? I could ask somebody, but who do I know in that industry? I don't I know. I guess I could email somebody. But there, you, you do realize that there there's reasons we can only speculate about that beyond I don't know people in that world. And it's because our government, ha- you're going to love this, under George W. Bush, our government made law saying that it is illegal to film at factory farms. Well, I just I just think that if you really want to know what happens in a farm and if you really want to know what somebody how how somebody thinks about that, then maybe you should visit a local farm here in Portland if there is one. Right, but the thing is the only farms that are going to grant me access are the free range type farms. The farms where they have the slaughterhouses and where there's, you know, too many chickens to a coop and all the cows are being fed bad yeah, but stuff. If it, yeah, but if enclosed. it's a free range farm, then they wouldn't be having that stuff, right? Exactly. But what I'm saying is that's not where the majority of people, including us, get our food from. So it's great to know that there's an exception to the rule. But I'm, I'm just saying, you know, instead of speculating and saying that all farms are horrible. I'm not saying animals, that. What I'm trying to say is I'm glad that they have good free-range farms out there, but the majority of where our food comes from is farms where the animals are treated horribly. But back to what I was saying about the um you know the animal torture. Oh, okay. I think they're okay. I think what they mean by animal torture is like ugh, I don't even know if I want to bring this up cuz it's so disturbing. But I'll just say this. Go ahead. Um, I knew of a girl that I went to school with who was much younger than I was, and she was in elementary school. And I heard from a teacher of mine that she killed a cat. Yeah. I mean, really killed a cat. And she was told not to discuss it with anybody from her counselor that's why we're talking about it here. Huh? That's why we're talking about it here. Sorry, keep going. No, 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 no. I just wanted to bring it no, up. No, no, no. I'm I'm joking with you, babes. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, well, this is back in the this is like back in um, you know, twenty plus years ago yeah, yeah, this yeah. happened. Yeah. And she was not allowed to discuss it with anybody, but she kept telling people, and I'm thinking, that's that there's something really wrong. And and I don't know how she is now, because I didn't really know her very well. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, 
this girl will probably have to go through some therapy. Okay, so here, again, this is where Rick has controversial ideas. I hear what you're saying, but my counter-argument would be if if she was an adult and killed animals for fun at a slaughterhouse, we'd look at her like, there's nothing wrong with this woman. Yeah, but you're assuming that the people who kill animals at slaughterhouses are having fun. I mean, this is this is what they do to get meat, and I don't... I mean, I don't know what happens there, and I probably wouldn't want to know what happens there because if I, if I did, uh, I probably would be eating meat. Right. I mean, there's just there's just some things I don't want to know about. I, I guess what I would say is, there are more ethical ways to kill animals than the way we typically do it in this country. So I'm not saying we should get rid of meat or meat products, but what I am saying is, why can't we have a discussion about how to do it in a more humane way? Why does it always have to be these animals have to be tortured for our enjoyment? Yeah, but you're just die? you're assuming that the people at these farms are just evil people that want to torture animals every day. But I'm assuming that be, because it's hard to know the real facts because there are laws against learning this stuff. Oh my goodness. I think you're too obsessed with this book. I'm not, babes. I'm just telling you something that I find interesting. Like, maybe it would be harder for me to assume if we could just see photos inside slaughterhouses, which you can't have because of the Patriot Act. Yeah, I, I don't know, Bubs. Uh-oh. You gotta get off of that obsession. Uh-oh. One of the, the great pieces of, of hidden le- legislation in there was the uh, factory farming thing in the mm. Patriot Act. Well, there are people that are against factory farming. Now. Yeah, but you're not one of them, though. And and by the way, I'm not saying that well, I... Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're assuming I'm not one of them. I don't even know what goes on there, so I can't really say where I stand on that. Right, but my point is you're not doing research in it, and you still eat food from businesses that support factory farming. So, And that's not to say that you're a bad person, because I do the same thing, but I'm saying I think there should be a discussion in this country about it, at the very least. I mean, for sure... For sure, I want to know. I don't want. I want to know that my chicken, for example, is not being injected with hormones, because as you know, um, th- a lot of times, uh, people are speculating now that uh, a lot of diseases that people are getting now is because of the hormones that are being injected into our animals, mm-hmm. into the animals that we eat. So, yes, there is something to be said about that. Um, and there have been videos of uh, people going into farms and looking at how the animals are treated, and they're they're not too happy with it either. So um, I'm not, I don't I don't know what happens in factory farming. That the one thing I do know, um, at least I know of one thing that does happen, and is that animals are being injected with pesticides and hormones, and I don't like that. But. You buy food from restaurants that support that type. Well, we could say the same thing about Coca Cola. I mean, you you drink cherry Coke on occasion, but it's very rare. It's yeah, very rare. Yeah, and there were times that. where I've where I have had a Coke, but very infrequently. And I I um, you know, I mean, we can go on and on and around and around about this stuff and as to who's right and who isn't right. But I don't think we're making any headway. Well. Now, a couple of things I would say is, you know, and I'm not going to say that part because then we'll just go down a, another political rabbit hole, and we do that a fair amount anyways, but 
I, I think to myself, I know a lot of Christians who try to repent for their sins before they die. Or I'm assuming are going to, like you and whatnot. But this, when you're talking about asking for forgiveness for your sins, you probably won't even think of this as something that you need to ask forgiveness for. And so I wonder how many Christians are going to be shocked when they go to hell because they didn't try to repent for doing something like yeah, this. Yeah, but you're assuming that they will go, and that's that's not something that we can judge on that. But... Right, but you are kind of supporting the torture of animals. And again, I do it too. And even when I was a vegetarian, why I did it less, I still kind of did because of the way our society is. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a hard so, it's it's not an easy it's not an easy subject to navigate or maneuver through because there is no there is no um definitive answer. I I don't I don't even know how to answer that. Well, but I would make the argument there's no definitive answer because we can't have a reasonable discussion about this. And so I'm not saying that you stop supporting the torture of animals, but what I, because it, it is a very difficult road to na- navigate, but what I would suggest is that you at least start thinking about this and start thinking, well, do I want to go to hell because I support animals being tortured? I'm assuming the answer would be no. Of course not. So then the but question I mean, becomes, yeah, but, how do you it, no longer do that? But though? I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what I mean. I can't, I don't have an answer for that. I don't even know, I don't even know how any pastors, a pastors would answer that because I've never brought up, brought up that question. Um, I, I, I really can't, I really don't know. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, but what I, I'm not saying that you have the answers today. What I'm trying to suggest is maybe it becomes an open discussion that you start having more and more with people. Not just with me, but with Christians. And okay, we we say hunting's right. And by the way, I'm I'm actually in favor of hunting. No, no, hunting is great if you if but, you're able to do it. Yeah. Right. But how do we justify buying uh, factory meat when we have a very good? Maybe we don't know a hundred percent, but we have a ninety nine point nine percent probability that those animals were tortured to death. Same with skincare products, because a lot of animals, they do testing on those. Uh, same with certain fabrics. So it goes beyond eating meat. How do we justify this stuff? And so I'm just saying, I think it should be something you discuss with more people. All right. So consider that day, Jay-Wall. And with that said, we're having chicken tonight, babes. We are. Um, we You cut up some onions. Um, and I put in the, um, the chicken thighs into my slow cooker and right now they are, um, they're simmering in there. It's a lot smaller than I remember it, your slow cooker. Yeah, I I wasn't sure how that was going to work either because, um, I don't know how big your slow cooker is. It's bigger than yours. Okay. But mine's still pretty small. I keep forgetting how small yours is. Yeah, it's a, it's a mini one, so... A cute little slow we cooker. might have to get you a bigger slow cooker there but in the meantime mm-hmm. the original plan was we were gonna throw some veg in the slow cooker uh-huh as i'm thinking about it yeah i'm thinking what we should do is throw some veg on the stove top in like a pot cook them for a little while mm-hmm. put them into like one of your glass bowls and then cook up the rice in that pot mm. What do you think about that day? Well, Whoa. I think we should wait on, you know, uh, looking at, looking oh. how. <laughs> what? <laughs> you booked. I love you. You booked. 
No, I, I think what we should do before uh, we think about that yeah. is we should... Oh. Bubs. What? I'm not trying to. Oh, my goodness. Oh, keep going. Um, I think we should check on... Uh, we should check on the chicken and the onion before we decide on what we're going to do with that because... Mm -hmm. If there is some room to put some veggies in there, I think we should. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a little bit too packed. Yeah. But we'll see. Right. right. Yes. I would like to get you a bigger slow cooker, though. Mm. But I know how my witch or jay will force it. Well, that might actually be a good idea, but then I have to figure out where I'm going to... Uh, well, I'm, I'm, there might be where, somewhere I, where I can put it. Yeah. I just don't want it... The, the problem with that is that my um my cabinets aren't very wide. Okay. And I'm I'm sure there'll be I mean I could probably put it on the other side of the counter no problem um it just has to be it, it I I don't want it to be so wide that it takes up the whole entire space I hear you you know what I mean because there's a lot of things I want to give you I I totally get it food processor yeah I I I I agree I agree I know that there are things that you want to give me too but my apartment is only so big but you have a bigger kitchen than I do yes. I wish I had, um, when I first moved in with my landlords, uh, 10 years ago, they had a pretty good sized kitchen mm -hmm. and I wish my kitchen were that big because I would have, but again, it's bigger than mine is. And I'm no, 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 no. What you, what I'm, what I'm saying is their kitchen was much bigger than the both of us. Right. But you make it sound like your kitchen now is super small. It feels like that. Okay. It feels like it's, it feels like it's a regular apartment kitchen but it's bigger a little bit bigger than yours yeah i would love to live in like a luxury apartment or a mansion for several reasons but one of the most prominent ones being a bigger kitchen mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i would love something like that yeah cabinets for you know uh, cabinets up and down mm -hmm. and bigger wider cabinets walk-in pantry walk-in pantry maybe a couple refrigerators and a couple oh, of separate yeah. freezers couple ovens yeah that would be great that would be a couple of stoves maybe even an outside grill yeah yeah uh with a nice deck where you can have barbecues or even a patio and a swimming pool uh, a patio with a roof overhead so it doesn't rain on you when you're Cooking your stuff. And a hot tub. And my own personal movie theater. <laughs> Some houses have that, babes. In a little candy shop. Yeah. Like they have <laughs> in the one. <laughs> That's a little bit weird. That house know. is a little bit too extreme. Because it's, it's not a really a residence, in my opinion. That, one's, that house seems very pretentious. Yes. And if it had a personality, it would be full of itself. Yeah. Niall Naomi, the guy who... But it seems a little bit cray to me. But yeah, I, I think... A I lot think, of things is cool. No, I never said that. I thought you had your We Love Nile Miami t-shirt on. I don't even know the man. Okay, keep going. Bubs. Sorry, I love you. I was just putting stuff in my mouth. Sorry, babes. I love you. in my mouth. No, 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 no. We, we thought that it would be cool if it was made into a resort. Yes. I think it would be awesome as a resort. The one. The one. People can go there for retreats. They can have like birthday parties there if they wanted to because it would be like a, a barbecue pit if they wanted to barbecue something. Mm -hmm. But it has to be away from the nightclub. I don't know why it would be there. Yeah. Well, I mean, people I from care. the resort might want to chill out and 
I'm assuming the nightclub is soundproof. Yeah. So you could go to the nightclub and hang out for a few hours at the end of the day. Yeah. But why is there a pit there? I don't know, babes. I don't get that. Yes. I just... It just sounds so pretentious. I wonder it, what Niall Naomi's next big house is going to be. Um, they were showing it. So there's this dude named Producer Michael. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And you know of him because I was it August the Duck broke down his video yeah. touring the one. And August the Duck was like a, a the narrator of the thing. He's right? like a YouTuber who shits on other YouTubers. <laughs> uh, and I like some of his stuff. I, I was laughing at it. <laughs> yes, because he was making some fun points. <laughs> but producer Michael went to uh, Niall Naomi's home, the one that he lives in. Uh-huh. Naomi claims that it's worth $40 million, and it might be. Mm-hmm. But he also said the one was going to sell for like half a billion. Yeah, right. And it sold for like a little bit less $26 than... $26 million. Yeah, a little bit under $130 million. So... I don't know about that, but he had he did have some cool art on this wall. Like there was a face that was made out of bicycle chains that I Whoa. thought was kind of cool. Really? Yeah. That is really creative. But then they go out and um in his backyard, producer Michael was trying to show something. But it, you couldn't really see it on camera. And he's, he's even saying, this is not going to come out on camera. Like, how cool it was. I think it was a replica of, like, a zebra or a horse. But it was inside oh. this glass thing. And oh, because wow. of the light, you couldn't really see it on camera. But you just hear people going, oh. oh, wow, this is really cool. And it's in a glass, uh, like, a glass vase? It's No, it's in, like, this glass booth in wow. Naomi's backyard. That's kind of cool. You couldn't see it on camera, though, really, oh. because of the sun. So it's just, oh. you hear people talking about, oh, this is so cool. Wow, I bet this wow. was like a million dollars. And I'm thinking to myself, to put up some glass? <laughs> I'm sure it was cool, but right. I would not be saying that uh, on camera because you can't really see it. That is so funny. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Huh. So that's what I would do with a luxury home there. I would have... A feature in my bathtub that would turn my bathtub into like a spa or a jacuzzi. Well, you could have jacuzzi-style bathtubs now. I know. That would be so cool if I had one. hmm Yeah. And you could have a couple of hot tubs throughout the house. I know. You know what I thought of, babes? What? And I had this idea, and then I immediately realized why it wouldn't work. Uh-huh. Okay, so you know how you're learning this from me today, how some people have home movie theaters, right? Yes. Which I think is super cool. I think it's cool, too. As a movie fan, that pleases me to no end. Yeah. And some of these have, like, really nice couches in them. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, that would be cool. Right. But instead of having couches in the back row. Uh-huh. Well, you, what I would do is I'd have a small kitchen near the back. So yeah. people could make their snacks right there and then go and watch the movie. Or they can hire people to make their snacks. Right. But you know what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. But in the back row, instead of having couches, mm-hmm. I'd have like one or two big hot tubs that people what? could watch the movie in. In in a hot tub. Yeah. Now I realized why that idea was bad. Because <laughs> on paper it sounds like, oh yeah, that's a really cool idea. Why haven't you seen that? Yes. And then of course you haven't seen that because hot tubs make a lot of noise. And it would get in the way of the movie watching experience. Yeah, that they do make a lot of noise, yeah. Plus it's kind of weird to have a hot tub. <laughs> In rooms with couches. 
and carpeting what you need to help make a uh, movie theater soundproof. Uh-huh. So. It's better in a bathroom. Yeah, unfortunately. It's, it's, it's better in a, a good-sized bathroom. And mm-hmm. you can put your music in there, take a snack with you if you're um, able to uh, make sure that it doesn't drop into the tub. Right. And, <laughs> like in Deuce Bigelow. Yeah, he drops the ice cream cone. And then he picks it up and keeps eating Ew. it. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I wonder how they made it look like that. I think they actually had to really do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know a cool feature I saw in a home movie theater one time, babes? Oh, you mean in the... In the um, YouTube video, the, not uh, in real life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, who do you know that has a home movie theater? I don't know anyone. No one. Okay. So the guy is showing the house and he's like, okay, look, now let, let me show you the bathrooms to the home movie theater. I'm thinking, why is he showing the bathrooms? Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But then it made complete sense. He goes in there. Yep. And on the outside of the stalls, they have these huge TVs. And wow. the guy who's hosting it says, you may wonder why these TVs are here. Yeah. And the reason they are is because when a movie shows in the theater, mm-hmm. if somebody has to go and use the bathroom, they, they come can in watch here, it. They can watch it from the bathroom. Okay, that makes that's a lot of sense. Yeah. That, is, that does make a lot of sense because there were times where I was watching like a two, three-hour movie mm-hmm. and I had to go really bad and I didn't want to leave because if I left, then I would miss like five, maybe maybe five minutes of it. I, as we know, spent a large portion of my teenage years in the movie theaters. More than I did. Like... Sometimes it would be my mom would drop me off at 12 in the afternoon and come and pick me up at like 8 or 9 at night. Wow. Yeah. But, and I know I've used movie theater bathrooms in between shows. Yeah. I can't think of a time where I've gone to use a bathroom in the middle of a movie. Now, I'm sure I must have considering the sheer amount of films I've seen. I have never done that. Um there was one time, and I was a I was a, a, a Titanic fan, as you already know, mm-hmm. and I had a, I think I had a medium sized Pepsi, but it was almost, it was getting close to the time where it was going to end, and I'm like, I don't want to go to the bathroom right now because if I do, I'm going to miss like, an important part of the the movie. It's also a super long film. Yeah, but it I don't think it it. If you like it, it doesn't seem that long. Okay. To, at least to me, it didn't seem that long. But, um, yeah, I, I I was very tempted to go to the bathroom, and I didn't. Why didn't Rose just move over so they could both be on that, like, piece of wood? <sighs> like, seriously. I just don't. move over and let your... We're not, we're not talking about the movie, but Okay. I just said I almost went to the bathroom in the middle of the movie. Oh. Spoiler alert. Jack dies because Rose won't give him any room. Well, if, 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 if people don't know about that now, then they haven't seen the movie, Bob. Yeah, it's been like 25 years. It's been 25 years. and It's, come on. Come on. Yeah, move over, Rose. Oh, my goodness. Let's your man get on the, is it a raft or is it a piece of wood? It's been so long since um, i You know what? I don't know. I think it might have been a raft. I don't I don't know what a raft looks like. Is it supposed to look like a, a piece of wood or? Well, I mean, it's made out of wood. It's like a small boat, basically. Okay. But the guy could easily... Okay. I'm the same thing. we know you don't like the movie as much as I do, all right? <laughs> I like it. I just don't think it's the best movie ever made. And mm. I stopped watching the Oscars because of Titanic. Okay, speaking of which, I need to go. 
And I will be right back. Oh, to the bathroom? All right, then we're going to talk about the Oscars and why I stopped watching it because of Titanic. But we're going to get into it. I don't... Uh, we already know why he stopped watching the Oscars. I Explain it to me. It. I don't know. Explain it. <laughs> Tell me. Oh, because you were upset about movies that should have gotten Oscars and... Okay. Uh, Titanic comes out. It's the same year as not only Goodwill Hunting, but what I believe is one of the best movies ever made, Jackie Brown. Now, Titanic won something, I believe, like 11 Oscars, including Best Picture, uh, Best, I want to say Best Director, tons of these awards. Pamela Greer wasn't even nominated. Pamela Greer. That's her name, Pamela, Pam Greer. Okay. Was, After this, I, do, I actually do have to go. Okay, wasn't even nominated for Best Actress. Uh, I think Robert Forster might have got it nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but he didn't win. And it's... It, Jackie Brown didn't even get a Best Picture nomination, but we're supposed to believe that Titanic's the best movie of the year. Oh, okay, maybe you disagree with me about Jackie Brown, but what well, about well, Titanic? I, did I, I know Titanic got a Golden Globe. We're talking about the Oscars. But I don't remember that. I remember it getting an Oscar. It swept the Oscars. Okay. It swept the Oscars. And if you're not going to go with Jackie Brown, go with Goodwill Hunting. Oh, man. Here we go again. It's a better movie than Titanic. Here we They're go. both better movies than Titanic, but if we're going to go super mainstream, go with Goodwill Hunting. Oh my goodness. What do you think about that? Do you think Goodwill Hunting is better than Titanic? I don't know. <laughs> I like them both, okay? Which one do you like more? I don't know. You really want to use the bathroom, right? I do. All right, well then do your thing and I'll rant about this. Or do you want me to pause? I think you should pause it and we'll talk about something else oh. other than your Oscar rant because I think we've gone over this before. I stopped watching the Oscars because I was just so offended. Oh, I was. Okay, okay, <laughs> People okay. People can say, I get offended over the dumbest stuff. And I do. But Sometimes you do, and I think this is one of them. But that's just my opinion. I have not watched an Oscars broadcast since this. Okay, before I go, I don't remember the last time I watched the Oscars either so i am very much out of the loop of that for me it was march of 98 but we just established that mm -hmm. literally that made me stop watching the oscars hey bubs what's, what's let up? me go now i'll right, be right ahead. back go ahead go pause it pause ye. why you go potty oh. hello 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 i feel better now hello 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 hi hi i don't because Jackie Brown didn't ah! <laughs> That's enough. That's I mean, the enough. film already became oh, okay, a huge... Okay, 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 okay. Titanic okay, was already okay. a huge Calm film. down. All right. Calm All right. down. By the way, how's your arm feeling? It still hurts, but not as much. Okay, good. I was freaked out this morning, babes, because I woke up and it hurt. And I started thinking to myself, what if I have arm cancer or bone cancer in my arm? And I go to the doctor, they decide to amputate it, but they don't catch it in time. So now I'm in a lot of pain. I have one less limb and I'm still going to die because of this thing. This, this is how I think. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I think, um, I think bone, I mean, it, it only hurts where your arm is, right? Like you have a bruise. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know what bone cancer feels like. I would imagine it would probably hurt a lot more than that. I told you the story of the guy my sister dated. 
kind of, yeah. What did you, what did you say? Okay, so here's what happened. They dated for a few years back in the 90s. Yeah. And they broke up. I don't know how many years after it is. Yeah. It was a few because my sister said that she found about out about this on Facebook. Yeah. Right. And he now also he was a smoker. Oh. But he goes to the doctor because he's just having some trouble breathing. Yeah. They do some tests and they find out that his entire body is loaded with cancer. Like it's spread throughout his body. Wow. Yeah. And where did it start? They don't. I didn't have those many details. I just knew yeah. that the, by the time they caught it, it was it throughout its body. Yeah. Well, the thing I learned about cancer is that um, if you don't take care of it, because I started getting sick in uh, towards the end of June of 20, uh, 2008. Mm-hmm. And I started, you know, checking into it like, five weeks after so it was like uh, a little over a month yeah and because i didn't know what was going on i mean at this point i didn't feel anything but i did notice that little things like i couldn't um drink my water straight oh. down and because it, it just felt like my breathing was getting a little bit uh, restricted and i i just started feeling you know flu-like symptoms um and so i uh I got it taken care of uh, by the time it was August, uh, not August, August. September. Yeah, it was, it was, by the time September rolled around, because already it's been like three months, and um, had I waited for a year, you probably would not have met me, and I would have, I would have been gone already, I think. That sucks, babes. Yeah, because it was, it was aggressive, um, and had I not taken care of it when I did, it would have it would have progressed into um, a higher stage of it. Well, I'm glad they got it out of you there, J-O. Had you white. Yeah. Uh, it shrunk. Um, so, I mean, I think what I've learned from all that is if you feel the slightest symptoms and you feel like it's not right, then get it, get, go to the doctor and check it out, even if you're scared. Oh. Because the sooner you check it out, the better you'll feel and you'll know for sure that it isn't life-threatening. I think if I found out that I had, like, life-threatening cancer, yeah. I'd probably just check out of the planet. What? You want me to be... I mean, we don't know that that's the case. But honestly, I'm not good with stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm not... I, that's not... I, I don't want to just, like, suffer. I, I think I'd check out. Oh. Um, and according to you, suicide does not prevent somebody from going in the good place. Heaven. So, oh my goodness. what you've told me that well, you told me that mm, you told Buzz, me. Buzz, I don't want to talk about this depressing topic. Oh, <laughs> well, good. Babes. Not funny. It's not funny, no, babes. It's but not I love funny. You. It's not funny, and I love you. Uh, yes. Not funny. Okay, babes, and why are you laughing? I'm not laughing. You're the one laughing. All right. Fair enough. Good point. Good point. You laugh at all the weirdest things that I wouldn't laugh. I have a unique sense of humor. A unique is dark. It's a dark Am I the funniest person you've ever dated? One of them. One of them. Yeah, one of them. I do all this work just to be one of them. 
Well, Bubs, I can't say that nobody I dated was funny. No, but I'm funnier, right? Or no? You are funnier. Okay, so than I a lot the... of the boyfriends I've dated, but you're you're you are one of them. But you, I would say that your sense of humor is definitely more unique than a lot of people that I've dated. Thank you. Which isn't a lot. But I haven't made you laugh more than everybody else you've ever dated. I'm not saying combined. Okay. No, no, no. You, you, I've, I've laughed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but then. Other other uh, boyfriends I've had in the past had their own brand of humor that made me laugh, but uh -oh. but you make me laugh like a lot though. Knowing you, I'm guessing that means you heard a lot of fart jokes because I know that's kind of your thing. No, it's not. It Bubs. kind of is. No, it's not. It kind of is. No, it's Bubs. What's up? Do you want me to tickle you again? No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm just saying based, you know, I'm, I'm thinking. No, no, okay. no, it's okay. a long assumption. Okay. But I will say this. What's up? You, even though you're one of the funniest people I've dated, you do have a, a funnier sense of humor than a lot of the people I have dated. Well, that would make sense, babes. Because it, because it is very unique. Yes, thank you. It's unique than all the other people that have made me laugh in the past. I'm glad to hear that from... My you. So I hope that you're, uh, I hope that that makes sense to you. It does. Good. But I was expecting it to be that case. Oh my goodness. Oh my badness. I oh my you. badness. Oh my badness. Okay. I love you. Now what if, now I know that you've met some funny girls, but, and I don't know if I top the funniest person, but uh, do you think my humor is acceptable? <laughs> I think it's acceptable. I don't really know if I, that's going to sound like such a weird thing. I haven't really dated any women who made me laugh a lot. Yeah, but you laugh with me a lot. No, but it's usually because of something I say. <laughs> so, you always... your, so you laugh at your own jokes. You, you see me laugh. laugh at my you see jokes. me laugh at my own jokes. I know you do. <laughs> That's even funnier, actually. Yeah. But 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 you don't seem to laugh at my jokes a lot. Sometimes I will, but I'm just saying, it's. I haven't dated people in general who have made me laugh that much. Uh, so it's not meant to be as an insult. And I don't think it's a sex thing or anything like that. I think it's just, I look at the world in such a different way. Yeah. That it, it's hard for somebody to make me laugh because I don't usually, with some exceptions, don't laugh at the obvious jokes. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I do appreciate that your humor isn't like completely dry. Yeah. It, but so, it is a little bit. It is a little dry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like sometimes a super like obvious dad joke will make me laugh, but usually it has to be kind of like out of left field, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So that's good stuff there. Babes. Yeah. I made some pizza for us last night. It was good. Really? Your, your dough, I mean, I I don't know if you're starting to do this with your sauce where where, where you would put um rosemary and spices in there mm -hmm. but it was really really good like it baked into the dough. Yeah. It was so good. And then we had some pepperoni which um I wasn't sure if you like pepperoni cuz you haven't had it in a while and I like pepperoni and I thought that was really good. Mm -hmm. And I like the pepperoni that I bought. It was good stuff, babes. It was delicious. And I believe this is first time you've had pizza dough, because I made it earlier in the week uh, from my stand mixer. 
Oh, okay, because I thought you made it the last time you brought it over. I might have. When was the last time I brought it over? You brought it over, um, it was before my mom got here. Okay, it's possible that I made that in the sand mixer too. I just don't remember. I don't remember either if you made it by hand. You might have, but I, <laughs> I, it tasted like the dough that you made before. Nice. It was really good. Oh, God. I, I, I just, I loved it because it was, um, it wasn't too doughy on the outside, but it was soft on the inside. Yeah. And it was just, mm, it's good. I'm glad you liked it, babes. I like the rosemary and the garlic and the pepper and the, um, it was just, it was good. Yes. We did like a simple trick if you're poor, poor folks like us. Yeah. We poured those ingredients into the can of tomato sauce of Heinz. Uh, is it Heinz? It's Hunt's. Hunt's. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's not ketchup. Hunt's. Hunt's that Alana bought, and we just mix those in. Uh, Hunt's does uh, sell ketchup. They, yeah, they, are they sell ketchup, ketchup company, but yeah. you really wouldn't want ketchup on your uh, <laughs> pizza. <laughs> no, it was, it was Hunt's tomato sauce. Yes, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. But I'm dyslexic. That's okay. Hunt's, no. I can understand why you would confuse Hunt's for Heinz. Mm -hmm. Now, you know what is good on um, on steaks? What's that? Is um, Heinz 57 sauce. Oh, yeah. That is good. It is good. That is really good. Yes. Yeah. A lot of good flavor. Thank you, babes. Are we good? And we got started with the movies kind of late. Yeah. The initial plan was to watch Giant last night. Yeah. But then I looked and saw that the audio descriptive version that I found is a little over three hours. And I'm like, holy And I cow. believe we started watching the movies a little bit after seven. Yes, we did. After I cleaned up and everything mm -hmm. and put the dishes away, it, we did that, yeah. And I was like, oh, I think we should watch it tomorrow. Um, so I said, mm -hmm. why don't we start with the producers? And I thought that was a very good idea. Mm -hmm. I've thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I'm glad you did. Um, why don't you give a recap? Because I, I, th I thought this was... I thought this was so funny, but go ahead and... Yeah, these guys produce a play. It becomes a success. They go to jail at the end. <laughs> now, do you want me to go a little bit deeper with this? Uh, yes, we have to talk about who the guys were. Okay, so it starts off, Zero Marstel is a Broadway producer who has fallen on hard times. He had some success earlier in life. But now he's resorted to having sex with older women to get the money for his latest production. It's so funny because they're really like old hags. Yeah. Like one of them says at a point in the movie, you make me feel like I'm 65 again. No, he said, no, no, no. She, he said, you don't look a day over 65. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. He has Gene Wilder come in and helps with the books for the play. And Gene Wilder, whose character's name is... Leo Bloom. Leo Bloom realizes that uh, Zero Marcel Max... Uh, Max uh, Bialystok. I'll just he, call him Max. He Max. raised 60000 for his last play, but he only spent 58000 and <laughs> kind of pocketed the rest. Yes. That gets Leo to thinking, hey, you know, you could raise money for a play... And if it's a flop, you'll actually make more because, like, let's say you raise a million dollars for a play mm. and it costs $60,000. As long as it closes and doesn't make any money, you're good. But if it starts to become a success, then that's where you would have problems. But as long as it flops, everybody's cool. Yeah. So, 
Max says, you should become a producer of this play with me. We'll find something. Yeah, you, can, you, you leave your nothing job as an accountant and uh, come work for me. Yeah. They're looking through scripts to find what is the worst play we could ever do. <laughs> now, remember, this film came out in the 60s, not too many decades after World War II. <laughs> and they find Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> Written by Franz Liebkin. Played by Kenneth Mars. He was so funny in He's this so movie. He's so good. I actually, uh, I think I'm allowed to say I am I know his daughter. Yeah, and I know his daughter too now. Yeah, I know his daughter better than you. Hey, Bubs, we're not comparing here. We're not comparing. I saw I saw her in a production before you did. Well, and she hung out with me before she hung oh, out Oh, what else? Go on with the recap. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so in this movie Kenneth Mars who plays Franz is like a pro Hitler uh you know very he, he wears a German hat he has a German accent and he he um has a bunch of uh these pigeons yeah that he, that he hangs out with yeah it's very cool it's very funny and I mean it's not cool if, if this was real life but it's cool because this is a satire right yeah yeah <clears throat> okay they're okay we got the play now we need to get a director for this play. <laughs> the director is really bad. Like the worst director ever. They hire somebody who Max knows because he's only produced flops or only directed bad plays on Broadway. Yep. And meanwhile, Max is raising all this money by going out with these older women. And he sold 25,000% of the play. <laughs> And if you Not 100%. know anything about math, there's really only 100% you could sell. <laughs> yes. He decides to hire a German secretary. Ula. Ula. <laughs> no, she's Swedish. Oh, she's, she's not, Swedish. She's I'm not sorry. German. She's Swedish. My bad. <laughs> You're close And she's not really the best at work, but she's fun to look at. She's fun to look at. I mean, every time every time they tell her to go to work, uh, she likes to dance um, <laughs> around with... The... <laughs> she, she's pretty much the eye candy of the office. Then <laughs> it comes time to find their Hitler. And they're rehearsing people. One of them is balding. <laughs> I think they have some Spanish Hitler. They had a Spanish Hitler. They had a black guy that was a Hitler. And then they find this. They After going through all of that, they find a, a hippie guy. Who kind of just walks in off the street. Yeah. And is a little bit out of it. He's at the wrong audition. And they're like, we'll pick you. This guy kind of reminds me of Robin Williams. <laughs> I it, He reminds me of Robin Williams and or Eddie Murphy. Okay. But maybe more Robin Williams. I don't know. Comes opening night and they're excited. They're like, there's no way people are going to enjoy this play. Gets a big turnout, <laughs> but they're thinking, okay, people are going to watch this. They're going to hate it. And they're going to tell all their friends. Yeah. Why don't we go back. to the bar uh, before intermission? Yeah. Yeah. So they go out and at first one or two people leaves because they're disgusted with the opening number springtime for Hitler. Mm-hmm. Springtime for Hitler, Hitler. in Germany and Germany. Yes. But then it starts, you see this guy playing Hitler, and he's just like all over the place. (laughs) And and then you get uh, the uh, Franz Liebkin gets onto the stage and says, I am the author of this play, and Hitler never said baby. (laughs) 
<laughs> and like everybody's laughing and, and they stop at the, I think this is after intermission though, but at the intermission, they're like, this is one of the funniest plays I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Zero Marstall and Gene Wilder think that maybe these are just a couple people from the crowd and everybody else hates it. They go back to the theater and everybody's just in love with this play. Mm-hmm. So now they got a problem on their hands. Yep. It's like a couple of days later and uh, Max is reading all these congratulatory letters about this play is going to run for the next five years. You yep. get, you have a hit on your hands. <laughs> Keep doing this, man. Yep. And they're like, we got to get out of this. Yeah. So they get Kenneth Mars. They decide they're going to bomb the movie theater. I mean, so not the movie theater, the, the, um, the theater, right? Mm-hmm. Some stuff goes wrong. And there's a trial. Leo stands up and he's like, I, I got to say some stuff in my defense. Max is like a horrible human being. He's the most selfish man I ever met. Yeah. But then he says, but does it really matter? And all these women had a good time. All and, and then he said, um, you know, if it wasn't for him, I I wouldn't ha- uh, be where I am today because I left my nothing job. And mm-hmm. and um, he provided a job for me. So he he's like, he's a great man. Yes. Well, they end up in jail, <laughs> and Max is working on a play while Leo is selling percentages of it. And it's called Prisoners of Love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this this is so funny. This is a great movie. This is so funny. Okay, comparing that to Jojo Rabbit, because there is a lot of funny parts in Jojo Rabbit, and there was... And there was a lot of serious parts, too. I honestly think this movie was funnier than Jojo Rabbit. Okay, it's funnier than Jojo Rabbit. But I would make the argument that Jojo Rabbit is a better movie because it's not just about the laughs. It also touches on a lot of serious stuff. Yeah, It touches on the themes of growing up. It touches on the themes of regretting your past. Yeah. Um, dealing with the loss of people around you. I think that The Producers is a funnier movie, but Jojo Rabbit is a better film. Right. In my own personal opinion. Right. And and I don't really know if you can compare these movies like you did, except to say that they're both comedies that kind of have to do with Hitler. Yeah, they, they, they do. They are, they are dealing with Hitler, sort of. But they're both very different films, not just because Jojo Rabbit is more serious, but... They're also based in different areas of the world and times. Except the only problem, like, okay, so I know that, and and the difference is that the producers was more like a satire of Hitler. And, yeah. You know, a, a total satire of Hitler, and, and it was a lot funnier. But Jojo Rabbit, I, I don't know if I would show it to anyone just because of the content. Um, because, you know, the kid... You know, Jojo goes to a Nazi camp for kids, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird to me, but... I've shown it I, to maybe three or four different people. Yeah. I, I've seen Jojo Rabbit probably six times now. Wow. And I, I saw it for the first time right before the pandemic hit. Yeah. I think it's the best movie I've seen that's been made in the last 20 years. Mm. That's how good I think it is. Okay. Yeah. And the producers is great, but it's just not on that level for me. Mm. Um, and and I'm sure some people would disagree with me on that. Yeah, but it's a, the producers is an awesome comedy. Mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit is just an amazing overall film. Yeah, yeah. But I but again, I mean, I'm still 
not sure if I would show it to anybody in my family because I don't know how they would feel about it, to tell you the truth. About Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Producer, the producers, I think, I, I think they would like it. Okay. Why don't you think they would like Jojo Rabbit? Because um, there's a lot of, I don't know, I mean, it, there's a lot of violence. And, and, and what's really disturbing is, remember his, his friend Yogi, Yorgi, I think yeah. his name was? How um, kind of, you know, he, he kind of feels like uh, being um, a Hitler youth is kind of glamorous. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's kind of he's kind of oblivious to the fact that he's going to kill people. Um, it's a little bit that it's a little bit disturbing, and how much violence it is in there, and there's people being killed as his mom is hung. Um, That's a great in scene. the ta- the town square. Yeah, he, he, you know, he ties her shoes because she used to tie his shoes, and it, it was just it's just there's a lot of stuff in there. I don't know if I don't know if they would like it. I really don't. They might laugh at some of it, but yeah. I don't know. If that would be something that they would like. Oh, uh, Jojo Rabbit, another film that didn't win a best, best picture uh, Oscar. Unlike Titanic. Oh, my goodness. But at least Jojo Rabbit was nominated. Oh, bub. Unlike Jojo Bubs. What? Stop it now. Stop it now and I love you. Stop it now. Stop it now, now and, and I, I love, love you. you. This is over 20 years ago, bub. Okay. Whitey House. Like, yeah, but it was it was a really fun movie. Yeah, let's bring the focus a little bit back to the producers. Yes. And it's interesting to me because it is a funny movie. It's not really the entire film isn't about making fun of Hitler, but it does come up. <clears throat> the first time I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. I think I was a little bit taken aback by the audition scene because so many people are dressed up as Hitler. <laughs> yeah. And you know how my mind works. I'm thinking this film was shot in probably 1967, uh-huh. which is only 22 years removed from the invasion of Normandy. Right, right, right. So what must have that been like being maybe a German Jew who lived in America and going to the movie theater and seeing something like this played for laughs. Oh, I know. They, I, I don't know how they would take that. Now, having said that, Mel Brooks is not only Jewish, but he was a World War II soldier. And I believe, if I'm remembering it right, and I might not be, he helped liberate some uh, Nazi concentration camps. Really? Yeah. He helped liberate the camps? As a soldier. As a soldier. Like, he would go in and, you know... Help rescue people and oh, kill the Nazis who were running. Oh, oh okay. So he, it's not like he just went there on the. Oh, own. okay. So he wasn't a part of the Nazi party, is that what you're saying? No. Okay, good. He's Jewish. Okay, okay, good. So, I, so, so he, <laughs> so he kind of, so he kind of had, um, he, he kind of, it sounded to me like, um, because Mel Brooks was Jewish, he, um, was able to kind of uh, do the satire thing because he knows what it's like to be in the concentration camps and to well. Not be a prisoner in them. Not he, be a prisoner in them. He met prisoners. But he met prisoners, yeah. There's a 60 Minutes interview of him from, I want to say, the early 2000s, like 2002. Mm-hmm. And he said when he was over fighting, mm-hmm. he came back and he decided that he was going to make fun of Hitler every chance he got because that would be a way to kind of put him down to size. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I like philosophies like that. Uh-huh. That's definitely so, a creative way to do it. Yeah, so like I'm sure his attentions mm-hmm. in making this film were above reproach. 
Oh, yeah. But I do wonder what it would be like being a German Jew and going and seeing this film in the late 60s, having to have escaped Nazi Germany to do so. And seeing a scene where people are, yeah. are auditioning as Hitler. You know what I want to do, babes, now that I'm saying this out loud? Okay. Is Google and see if I could find any like film reviews or editorials written into a newspaper from around that time from somebody who survived the Holocaust mm. and see what their take of, of it was. So I've been to the Holocaust Museum museum in Washington, Washington D.C. I yeah. almost went there once. And I didn't know if they, I, I mean, I could obviously couldn't see any pictures, if they had any pictures of the people that um, were rescued from the um, from Auschwitz or or what have you, but mm -hmm. what was kind of eerie is that you could hear on the speakers people being interviewed about their time at the concentration camps and uh, being taken to concentration camps and how the um, the Germans were treating them, and it was really eerie. Um, it would be kind of interesting, you know, to meet somebody at that museum and ask them, hey, have you, and at this time I never saw the producers. Right. So, if I would have seen the producers before that and I go to the, you know, and meet a, meet a Holocaust survivor and ask them, Hey, have you ever seen that movie, the producers with Mel Brooks? Right. I wonder what they would say. Would they say, Oh yeah, I've seen the producers. I think it's really funny. Or would they say, Oh, I think it's disgusting that he would make fun of uh, a dictator that, um, <laughs> a uh -huh. dictator that, um, that, that almost killed me. Yeah, remember that one part, Remember that one part in the in the springtime for Hitler when this lady's like, oh, you are so, uh, why are you treating me like that, you big dictator or whatever she said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts playing the piano when they're supposed to be in bed. And, and, and he was trying to say, like, they wanted to take over France. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, well, we can't bomb Germany. We're in Germany. We are German. Yeah. <laughs> but he was a German in the in the play. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, we didn't do anything. <laughs> that was so funny. Yes. And I just love I just loved how they picked like the most unlikely uh Hitler ever. Yes. A hippie Hitler. <laughs> Hippler. Hippler. <laughs> no, it, it was very creative. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was great in that movie. Yes. And Ula. Ula. <laughs> Ula, go to work. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a really funny movie. She wasn't very smart. No. <laughs> <laughs> I found it a lot funnier. I'd seen it before, maybe nine years ago. Uh, but for some reason, I thought it was a lot funnier this time watching it. <laughs> well, I think part of it is because... I was watching it for the first time. Yeah. And I thought it was just hilarious from beginning to end. <coughs> a really good movie. Gene Wilder was great in this movie. Now now I I mean, I'll always remember him as Willy Wonka, but now I'll think of him also as Leo Bloom. And I thought Leo Bloom was such a funny character too. Yes. And he's also good in Young Frankenstein. 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 He was kind of weird in that one. Yes. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. I forgot what his I forgot what his uh, name was before he became Frankenstein. But it's worth watching, and you get to watch him roll in the hay with Terry Gar. Can roll it, in the hay. 
Ken is, and, and Madeline Kahn. That's right. Well, I don't think they were on the hay, but I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she was in the, she was uh, close to the, the, the last part of the movie. Which is with Frankenstein, yeah. Yes. But, um, um, uh, Kenneth Mars was great in this movie. I thought yeah. he was super funny. And, um, I kind of remember him in Young Frankenstein. So I thought he was really funny with, um, Gene Wilder. It's, I, my friend told me who he played in this movie. And since it had been a minute since I saw it, I thought, okay, it's, you know, it'll be nice to see him in one or two scenes. I, it was really cool that he had such a big part in this film. Yeah. And, and I'll, of course, I'll always remember him as King Triton because he, you know, King Triton was one of his voices and he had, he had one of those uh, booming voices that you could never forget. So I was on Wikipedia this morning, <laughs> babes, when you were in the shower. Yes. Just, I'm like, oh, let me see what else he was in. You remember The Land Before Time? Oh, yes. I remember that those movies. Yes. Okay. I don't think he does a voice in the first one, but he does a voice in like two or three of the sequels. Okay. Yeah. I saw... I'm trying to remember. I saw the first one, of course. That was the most popular one. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if I saw the, the, the second or third one. There was some other show where he's in like 25 episodes from the late nineties and it was, it was popular. And of course now it's not coming to my mind. Well, he was in the, uh, Little Mermaid animated series as King Triton. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. That's the one thing I remember. Nice. But yeah, he was on a fair amount of stuff. It's always, cause I know, you know, some so business people. Like, I knew, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell the story. I knew somebody who was in, um, like, a Reese, a Reese Witherspoon movie. Yeah, you can say that. You, you, you can, you can, um, yeah, you can. I didn't know her that well, but my, but you, my but friends you knew met, her better. You met this person. And she has since passed away, but I was, like, looking up her Wikipedia page. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she was in this and this. And when my friend told me that she was... In the movie that she was in, I was like, oh, she played so-and-so. I knew exactly who she was. I, You know, I kind of think that you know more celebrities than I do, really. And I, I haven't met a lot. Well, I wouldn't say I know celebrities, but I've had more kind of encounters with... Yeah, and I haven't had that luxury. Because I, I met Stu Albert. I met the dude who directed uh, Shang-Chi. Um, I don't know what that is. Shang-Chi was a comic book movie. It's a Marvel film that came out last year and it made a ton oh. of money. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're, and they're already working on the sequel to it. And you knew someone that made uh, another movie. I forgot what it was. Uh, I don't know which one that is, but I probably That do. might have been Shang-Chi. I don't know. It was Shang-Chi because I told you about that. Yeah. We, we didn't like really know each other, but we worked together for like a week on something. Yeah. Uh, that was oddly enough not related to the artistic world. And... Uh, Oh, who else was I going to say? I did some gigs with the main dude from Elephant Revival. Oh, right. And <clears throat> he's really good friends with somebody who I used to be really good friends with. So I've yeah. met a few people. And, and there are other people, too. And the guy that wrote the book Slime that we both read. Matt Clickstein. Him I, and I worked on a play together. That was such a fun book to read. Yeah, we he, we worked on a play together. He's also directed some movies. Yeah, so you've, yeah. Know, you've known more people that, were, that had... Um, um that had exclusive ties to um the world of you know the celebrity world that's true and a good friend of mine has uh contributed to some books like somebody who i hang out with on the regular mm -hmm. yeah so i guess i know some people 
Yeah, you know more than I do. Yeah. And I've only, you know, met like local Hawaiian entertainers. I, I've known one uh, entertainer who was a local entertainer at one time um, since I was a kid. Um, we, we went to school together and um, I knew, knew of a... I knew of a local entertainer. I, I met him one time and um a lot of the, I mean I have I, I haven't known a lot of a lot of famous Didn't people. you have a casual fling with Ted Kennedy? No, but I just shook his hand. Okay. I was only nine. Oh, I already liked I, him young of the age. It will keep going. I didn't know anything about this guy except he was a senator and he said his name was Ted F. Kennedy, and I shook his hand, and uh, that was it. I, I, that was the only interaction I had. Um, I was in the same room as Kenny Rogers, but of course, I never got to meet him. Yeah, and with uh, Jim Henson. Jim but, Henson, and then I, and then I was in the same place as Maya Bialik, but never got to meet her. I was in the same room with Oliver Stone, and never got to meet him, but I did watch him speak. Yeah, I saw Bernie speak, which is really cool. I saw Ralph Nader speak. I saw John Kerry speak. Um, basically, what I'm trying to say is if somebody's running for president, I probably shouldn't go to watch them speak because that means they're going to lose. No, it doesn't mean anything. It just <clears throat> means that they lost for, for a reason other than the fact that you were there. Alana's taking me to a Joe Biden rally. In no, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be a big yawn. Um <laughs> No, I'm not going to take you to any rallies. Thank you, Leo. But no, no, you, it seems like you you were more kind of connected to the celebrity world because you knew celebrities who knew celebrities. Yeah, and also I kind of worked in the performing arts. I did a lot of, I do a lot of stuff in the performing arts, so. Yeah. That's how it goes there. Well, I mean, I also worked with somebody that uh, played in uh the seattle symphony nice i i actually uh took um i had a lesson with her and she is she is a very good flute teacher i'm glad to hear that babes yes 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 uh oh so let's get back to the movie real quick okay are you gonna recommend the producers to your family if so what's your elevator pitch i don't have an elevator pitch i just you know this is a funny satire that's making fun of a, a horrible dictator. And I think, <laughs> I think you'll like it. Yeah. Well, and, and it's very unique too, because, um, you know, Mel Brooks, as you said, is Jewish and this is coming from his perspective. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, um, it is creative to, uh, to use humor to get your point across. Do you think your mom would like this movie or? I think she might. Yeah. Um, Jojo Rabbit, I think, is a different story. Oh. Because I'm not sure if she would like that. Because yes. it does involve kids and... Yes. You know, I don't know. Oh, oh. Yeah. After the movie, we get some ice cream. And I'm kind of thinking, oh, Double Indemnity might be really long. And it's like 10. And I almost... What I almost said, babes, is I have a copy of Soap Dish on my thing. Why don't we watch that and then do Double Indemnity tomorrow with Giant and save Written on the Wind for next week. But I didn't do that. And I'm I'm glad we I We can watch Soap Dish next week. We don't have to watch Soap Dish. But I, it, was I, just, I, I, it sounds interesting though. It was just like a backup movie that I had that we hadn't seen. Okay. Even though I've seen it before. Uh, and it has Terry Hatcher, you know, Whoopi yeah. Goldberg and you know all it, it might Kevin be fun. Klein. I think it might be fun. It's yeah. a possibility. It's a possibility. Is that a comedy? It's a comedy. It's 
I don't know how well it holds up mm-hmm. because I haven't seen it since the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And that was before my film palette was as developed as it is now. Mm. Um, it also has uh, uh, Kathy Moriarty. Oh, wow. Really? Yep. Robert Downey Jr., Sally Field. I have heard that Sally Field is, is good in a lot of movies. So. Elizabeth Shue, so it's possible. Elizabeth Shue. Yes. I think it would be kind of fun because you told me it was, you told me that you liked it, or at least you did before. I told you that I liked it, but again, that was before I knew as much about reality, I guess, or filmmaking. I don't know if I'd like it now or not. Yeah. But it's a possibility. Okay. Yes. In any event, we watched Double Indemnity. And I'm going to give the the recap because it was a long movie and somebody was not awake for most of it. So. I forgive you, babes, and I wonder how you're no, going to give a recap no, no. with how been the case. No, no, that was you, Bob. That was me. I kept trying to wake you up. You're like, no, I'm not sleeping. Oh. I'm not asleep. Oh, I saw a good portion of it. Babes. Okay. Well, if you want to fill in, you can. Okay. So it starts off with this guy. His name is Walter Neff. He works for a man named Martin Keyes. At? At what? An insurance company. An insurance company because he sells um, accidental insurance. So we see him and he's recording something to Keyes, as he calls him. Martin Keyes. A confession that... um, the, the somebody was was framed for the murder of um what was his that guy's name Mr. Diedrichson mm-hmm. I forgot what his name was it's not coming to me and then he goes into the story as to what happened when he went to see Mr. Diedrichson because he wanted to sell him some life uh, accidental insurance Ends up meeting his wife, Phyllis Diedrichson, who uh, he was very captivated by. He also meets the maid. What are you doing? Hold this. I'm going to... Uh, I'm listening, though. Keep going. What are you doing? I'm ripping off my bandage. Okay. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Does it hurt? No, just was feeling a little bit tight. Okay. Yeah. So... Oh, 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 oh it's falling. Oh, oh. Did I catch it? Oh. No. Anyway, um, he realizes that he's a very, very attracted to her, um, finds out that she's also attracted to him. Here's a poison. Hey! What? I'm going to throw this away, kid. I'll be right back. Okay. Don't, don't do anything. I won't do anything. I'm not even going to breathe. <coughs> what? I, I won't even breathe. Oh, my goodness. While the alarm is gone. I'm not doing anything. I'm just trying to be me. And Alana's coming back. <laughs> what are you singing? I don't know. What did you sing? I'm not. I'm not trying to do anything. <laughs> I'm just trying to be me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, back to the, the uh, film, Double Indemnity, or Indemnity Times Two, as we in the industry call it. Double Indemnity. Indemnity Times Two. Oh, stop it. Or Indemnity Times Two <laughs> plus One minus One. Oh, jeez. You trying to make it into a quadratic equation? Indemnity Times Three minus One. 
Keep going. Tell me. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay, so he finds out that Phyllis Diedrichson is also very attracted to him, and he um, encourages her that they should devise a plan to kill off her husband because she doesn't like him, and she also hates his daughter Lola from his previous marriage. And so they're going to devise a plan to get this guy on the train because he's supposed to be away on, um, I think he's supposed to be away on business, correct? Something like that. He's supposed to be away for about four days. Well, they try to get him on the train. It doesn't work out. Then eventually um, she's getting ready to drive him to the train station, being a loving wife. And something happens where they go down the wrong street and he gets killed sometime between when they started off for the train and when they get to the train station. So he's oh. already dead by the time they get on the train station. Um, he pretends to, she pretends to escort Walter Neff onto the train as if they were married. And he meets her. Um, I forgot where he's going. He's going to, uh, I forgot what place he's going to, but the train gets off at a certain stop he meets her at that stop and then they proceed to throw the body on the tracks with the crutches to make it look like he fell off of the train meanwhile martin keys is looking into this and things sound really fishy to him to him he has this like special sense i think he refers to it as like the little man right am i correct on that um I don't know. I, I didn't hear him say that, but it, it could have been like the sixth sense or something or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And he so he's really good at telling when something on the life insurance thing doesn't quite make sense. Right. Even if it sounds good on paper. Right. And then we peer into Lola's life and she's upset because um, they don't want him. Her parents didn't want her to be with this guy named Nino Zerchetti, who's been kind of in trouble um, he's one of those bad boys that you don't want your daughter with. Oh. And, um. Opposite of me. So she. I'm the good boy. Oh my goodness. So she talks to Walter about it and discusses with him, hey, I think there's something going on because I noticed it when my mom died and the look on Phyllis's face because she was my mom's nurse and I think she knew what happened. I think she knew what was going on. And I also think that somebody has um, been conspiring with Phyllis to kill off my dad. So he spends time with Lola. No, he doesn't. I don't believe he sees her. I think he just spends enough time with her so that he can get enough information on Phyllis. Mm -hmm. Find out later on that he uh, Phyllis was trying to use whoever she could to... Not to make sure that he wasn't hung. And so um, Nino Zerchetti was coming to the house almost every night. And um, I don't believe that anything was going on with her and Nino. But he she wanted to use him uh, to make sure that um, Walter Neff didn't, uh, was getting off scot-free. And she told him after the death of her husband that 
you know, we went straight down the line together and we're going to come out of it together. Well, not exactly how, not exactly how it happens because towards the end of the movie, he goes to her house and she is getting some things prepared. And, and one of the things is that she grabs a gun because I think she's thinking about shooting him while they're talking. And he said, you know what? I'm going to say goodbye because I'm going to go somewhere else because he wants to get out of this place. He doesn't want anyone to find out yes. that he devised it. And so they're talking and then he realizes, I think he realizes just how vindictive this lady is. Uh -oh. And he shoots her in the heart twice and she dies. And she's, he's thinking, I wonder if anybody found her. I wonder if any, anybody, uh, if she's still at the house. Um, and then it goes to where he's recording this and he looks and there's Martin Keyes and he said, how long have you been standing there? He's like, oh, long enough. And he goes, well, what do you think, Keyes? And he says, Walter, you're all washed up. And he, and it's implied that he's been bleeding. So we don't know how that happened. And Keyes wants to call the ambulance. And Walter's like, well, you know, bro, they're just going to patch me up so I can go to prison and eventually be executed. Or why don't you just let me die in peace? Keys is like, nah, bro, we're going this route. Uh, Walter stands up, tries to walk out, can't really make it, falls to the ground slowly. Uh, Keys calls the ambulance, goes over to him, and uh, lights, a lights a cigarette. Which is kind of a weird way to end it. Yeah. And they smoked a lot in the old movies. They do smoke a lot. I thought, wow. It was, like, very, very common. Mm -hmm. Like, people were smoking in their offices. and When they're maybe about to die. And... Yeah, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see an old movie, Babes, where there's some guy in the shower and he's, like, lighting a cigarette as he's in the shower and trying to smoke in the shower. Ew. I think that would be funny. I don't know how that would work. It would burn the whatever in the shower. I, I did know someone who smoked cigars a lot and it just... His house just reeked of cigars, and I think he even smoked while he was in his um shower. But wow. I think I think it might have been before the shower was on. That's crazy to me. That is crazy. It was just, and I've only been to this guy's house like a couple of times. Um, a bunch of friends and I were spending a weekend. Some people were in the house. Some people were outside of the house. But it just reeked of cigar smoke. And I'm just like, I don't know how anyone could just live with the smell. It's gross. Mm. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, well, unfortunately, my friend died because of it. But um, I don't know if anyone could smoke in the in a shower. No, but I think that would be funny if somebody made a parody of old movies and they had that. <laughs> smoking while cooking. Yeah, smoking in the shower. Smoking People the do shower. smoke while, while cooking in real life. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Like you can use a stove to write to light cigarettes. My sister used to do that and so did my mom. That's weird. Yeah. That is just that just means that you know that that just shows how much of a of a of a uh, cigarette addict a person is if they're mm -hmm. going to use their stove to light a cigarette. I agree, babe. Or the fireplace. Yes. That's insane. What would you give double indemnity on a scale from 1 to 10? Mm. 
I think I gave it an eight. Okay. And I also would give um, the producers an eight. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think they're definitely um, on that scale. What are the things you really enjoyed about this movie? You know, it, it was in the forties, and when I think of the forties, I I I don't think of like really hard topics like killing your husband or um, devising, you know, having an affair on your husband and kill and, and devising a plan to kill your husband with the person you're having an affair with. Because I would imagine in the forties, they didn't talk a lot about divorce. That was kind of like a, a taboo it object. Had a, yeah, be super rare at that point. It was super rare at that point. Yeah. And you wouldn't hear about that in movies a lot. Mm -hmm. But in this case, not only did you hear about divorce, but you heard about murdering yeah. the husband. So, I mean, they were both really good in the movie. And so was Lola and... Edward G. Robinson. Martin Keyes, yeah. Martin Keyes. Very good. Yes. Yeah, so um, I would recommend it. I think you should watch it again because uh, somebody was tired. Oh. Oh. I might watch it again. Yes. Very good. Are you, so you're you might tell your family to watch this movie. Oh yeah, I what, would. What is your elevator pitch? I don't have one. Uh oh. Well, I mean, it's. I guess I would say that it's about mystery and murder, and um, it has a lot of twists and turns in it. Well, good. So it's called Double Indemnity. That's right. Indemnity times three minus one. Oh my goodness! Is what we used to call it. No. Yep. Who's we? You know, me and all the kids back when I was growing up. Bub. What? Come on. Yeah, me and the kids. When I was a kid, when we were in kindergarten, not you and me, because you weren't you were living out of state. Uh, I used to go to kindergarten and we used to say, Hey, what do you guys think of that film Indemnity times three minus one? Bubs, come what? on. What? You did not. Yeah. You did Because I hadn't not. seen it at that point, and they had, so. No. Because I think they showed that in kindergarten on a day when I was homesick. No, you did not. What? No. I think that's what happened, if I'm remembering that right. No, you did Would you not. recommend this movie for kindergartners? If no. If so, why? If not, why? No, no, I wouldn't, because it's a, it's um they wouldn't understand it. Okay. They wouldn't understand, well, why is the... They would probably think, well, why does the wife want to kill her husband? Yeah. I, I, I don't think they would say, why does the daddy want to, um, uh, why, why does the mama want to kill the daddy? I don't think I would be able to. Nice, do nice. Bub. What? Oh. I had to ask, okay. Oh my goodness. I wasn't sure how quickly I was going to fall asleep. So after we watched the movie, I used the bathroom to get ready for bed, come in here. I'm like, I'm starting to wake up. And I almost got up to get some melatonin pills. But as I'm getting out of bed, Alana comes in the room and I'm like, ah, oh, this moment's passed. I'm just going to lie down and see what happens. Like five minutes, I'm out. Uh -huh. I woke up maybe three hours later. I thought I was going to cough. I didn't. And I lie back down, but I'm not asleep yet. And Alana starts coughing pretty heavily. I don't even remember. Yeah, it's so weird. I thought for sure you would remember that this morning. But like 30 seconds later, you're snoring. And maybe a minute after that, I'm out. Oh, my goodness. And then I wake up around 6 or 6.30. Yeah. And start reading more of time and again. Which is pretty good. I'm at the point really? now where him and his girlfriend are in 1882. Mm -hmm. And they're going to City Hall. And this is a fictional story, right? 
yeah, time travel as we know right now, or as we believe isn't real. Yeah. At least you can only travel in one direction. Time and again. Time and, and who wrote that one? <clears throat> I think his name is like Jack Finney. Mm. Something like that. So that is that like a classic uh, story? Stephen King said it's the best time travel story he's ever read. Time and again. In the in the afterwards to 1122. I might read that one later on. It's possible you will. Yeah. I if you're going to read another time travel story, I know I've been talking about it for like a year, I would recommend Replay. Mm. That's a really interesting book. Mm. Yeah. Um but I am enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's they they use hypnosis to take people back to the past. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That was part of it. So creative. The govern this government program. Yeah. If they wanted people to go to a certain time, they would rent an area of space. Yeah. And recreate it. So if you wanted to go back to like let's say I don't know nineteen twenty nine, you would get an area of space, have people dress in all the same clothing. And then you would also take away the technology that they had and you would recreate the newspapers from that time, oh, have wow. people read it. And then after a couple of days, you would do this combined with hypnosis. And the idea would be that after a little while, somebody would be able to say, I'm back in 1929, close their eyes and then wake up back then. What what year did they start off first? Well, I think it starts off in the late 60s because at one point the main character talks about seeing some black people and wanting to apologize to them for the death of Martin Luther King. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then him and his girlfriend end up in 1882. And then what, when did this book come out? I, uh, I'm not sure about that because on Bookshare, it says the edition they have there was from 1995. Uh-huh. But on Bard, I'm reading the copy from 1970 yeah. However, they say that this is a, like, newer version. Okay. And since it covers uh, Martin Luther King's assassination, I'm guessing it probably came out in 69 and the original Bard version, or I guess Library for the Blind version wasn't that good. Uh-huh. I don't know, though. So I'm guessing, like, 69 is when it came out. Oh, wow. Out. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But it's a good book. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it's possible I might read it. Nice. There's a lot of books we need to read, though. I know. Yes. Are we going to do a reading hour after this? Um. Or do you want to watch The Wild? I don't. Well, we still have to watch. We're still going to. What about Giant, though? Because we're going to watch it, too. We're going to watch Giant, but that's after dinner. But that's for three hours, Bubs. Oh. Uh, We're going to have an early dinner, though. Oh, my goodness. Well, why don't we? I I'll get a get us a snack. Oh, I might yeah. have a reading hour. I still have to um. I still have to download the books too. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Why don't? Or we? Or it doesn't even have to be an hour because we still have to. We still have to see about um what we're we gonna do about the vet. The yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Why don't we um. Yeah, why don't why don't we eat a snack and then we'll we'll read for a little bit, maybe about thirty minutes. Nice. Not an hour because we have a lot of things to do too. Yeah. And then um uh then we look at the chicken and see what we're gonna do with that. And uh then we'll go from there and maybe cook up the rice. Sounds good, babes. Yeah. All right. Did you have any dreams last night? I did not. I was really tired. I was gonna get up by 
seven seven thirty, and then I ended up getting up close to nine because nice. I was just uh, my body was just really tired. Um, and maybe it's because you know this June has been been a wetter June than it was last year, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm kind of glad it is, even though I don't like the rain, but. Um, it's making our, our ground and our, uh, trees and our flowers and the, you know, it's making it moist. Yeah. So we won't have, um, we won't have probably as hot a summer as we did yes, uh, last year. That's the hope. That's a hope. But there were times last summer that didn't get up into the nineties, but it was still, we still had some 90 degree weather we days. We broke a lot of records, babes. We got a lot of hotter 116. Yeah. yeah. But maybe the rain will help things move a little bit slower. We'll see, babes. Yeah. Yes. Well, good. Would you want to give me a kiss and then we can wrap this up? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Oh my goodness. What? Give me a kiss. Okay. Okay. Right. We're off to do whatever we do. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.